Tractionville, Happy New Year. We hope your holiday season has been a restful and reflective one. It sure has for us. So we've been thinking back on our year of great conversations with all our Tractionville guests, and Benji and I decided to share some of those favorite moments with you. We're going to play a few short clips that highlight some of the brilliant thoughts our guests have shared uh, with us over the year. You can find all these episodes in our Tractionville library, wherever you're listening to this podcast. All right, Chris. First up, we got a lot of great feedback on this episode. It was our conversation with Sam Collier. Sam was super generous in offering us a new perspective on the con- conversation that we were having as a, as a country and as a generation around race. And Sam says something in here that I love. He says that the issue we've had is not necessarily one of hate. It's of people speaking different languages and speaking different languages, not really being able to hear and understand one another. So let's jump in there and listen in. So it's the same thing in this race conversation that I explained to people is that at the end of the day, because I sit where I sit, you know, I grew up all black culture, really close to the King family, but also involved in a ton of white spaces, majority white spaces at the highest level on both ends. I have found that, you know, I, I hate to use this terminology. There are good people on both sides. <laughs> I hate to say it that way. I mean, you know, and again, we're not talking about the outliers. I'm not, <laughs> yeah. you know, those people are, I wouldn't put them in the good people category. You know what I'm saying? But. For, at the, for the most part, everybody has great intentions. We just have not been hearing each other. And so what, is that, what does that mean? And then I'm going to take it to business. Oh, sorry, it's, I took the long way home. With all of that being said, what it ended up being, which was really encouraging to me, um, was white people going, oh, you live in a different world. I didn't hear you saying that before. Now I see it and black people going, and this is huge. I thought you knew and you didn't. Yeah. So it's not, you hate me. It's not, you don't care. It's you didn't hear what I was saying. And as, as tiny as both of those changes are, the implications are huge because it creates empathy on both sides that leads to a conversation of, oh, all I have to do is just teach you about my life and you'll like, oh, you didn't learn about this as a kid. Oh, here's what, and then it's like, oh, you mean you're not lazy, <laughs> right? Oh, you're not lazy. Oh, there's actually been some systemic things. Okay, and it started before me, I got it, right? right? Like. All right, so let's sit down and come together. And, 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 and again, that didn't happen for everyone. But for, for a lot of people, it did. And for those conversations, I was really encouraged. All right, let's talk about business owners. Because I just, that's a foundation. Of- well, let me pause you for t- yeah. two quick seconds. The first is, I wasn't sure where you were going with that, taking the long road. But when you landed it, like that resonated deeply yeah. with me. I think, I think you're absolutely right. And the second thing is on that road, you, you pointed out some things that just, I think we need to realize, not even as business leaders, but as people that work in businesses with other people on that communication style and that other people don't you know, that's not a, that's not just a race thing. That's a people thing, it's right? A like, human, it's a human yeah. Thing, yeah. And there's, so, there's a lot, there's a lot that we could up our game on that everywhere. 
We spoke with Sam back in August and encourage you to go back and listen to the full episode and also check out his best-selling book, A Greater Story, on Amazon or wherever you buy your books. All right, Benj, our next clip comes from a conversation with one cool cat. It's former FBI international hostage negotiator Chris Voss. Chris has taken a really keen understanding of how to approach conversations and relationships, specifically with courage, confidence, and the ability to adapt. Your your natural human wiring. A lot of people think, "Ah, you know, I beat myself up. We're, We're actually wired survival. Our survival wiring is negative. You know, and that's a cool thing about we among all the stuff that we study is neuroscience and neuroscience tells us the brain is 75% negative. We got something in our, everybody has something in their brain called an amygdala. If you're human, you got an amygdala. It's kind of like your respiratory system. If you're human, you got lungs. If you're human, you got a heart. If you're human, you got a amygdala. The amygdala is the heart of your emotional wiring in your brain. Neuroscience has mapped out that 75% of the real estate in the amygdala is specifically for negative thoughts. Now, this is not speculation. This is hard science. Now, I'm a, I'm a Midwestern guy. If 75% of the real estate is dedicated to a specific activity, I have a tendency to think that's a dominating activity. So our survival wiring is for us to be negative. You've got to do something in, intentionally to kick yourself into success mode. Success mode is positive. How do, you, how do you kick yourself out of survival into success? Make it a game like what you just said, or have a goal to get rejected. And then if your goal is to get rejected and now suddenly you're succeeding, you're like, holy cow, what is it? Am I magic? Is the universe generous? Is it both? It doesn't matter. Because <laughs> when you start running the odds and then, then you just kind of realize, well, we're in a Las Vegas world. We're not in an ivory tower world. What does that mean? Ivory Tower is some got to work all the time. Las Vegas is something just has to work enough. And then you start finding out about the stuff that works enough and you're good. Before we got started, you were talking about the climate that we're in right now. And we've entered a, a world of renegotiation. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, I, I, I love this climate. You know, um, the world is being compressed the recognition of what's going on now is everything that in, in our life is an accelerated change. It's either accelerating by 2x or 10x. Some of the stuff that we touch that's going on in our world, we're going to see 10 years of progress in the next year because of this mashup on, of the pandemic. So crisis mode, it's a cliche that it's an opportunity mode. And, but it is. And... It, everyone is acutely aware of the costs of comfortable inaction. When we're out of crisis mode, Kennedy's got a quote from way back when, the 1960s, the risks and costs of comfortable inaction far exceed the costs of action. And I'm, you know, I'm sure I'm, I virtued it in some way, but Kennedy was trying to get us to make moves now. And we should make moves now because, by and large, the failure rate's not as high as we imagine it to be. But in a crisis, we, got, we have to act. Everybody knows if I sit still, things are going to be worse tomorrow if I sit still. I got to make a move. 
And all right, so let's make a move. Let's see what happens. You know, let's convene a war room. Let's start looking at our feedback right away. Let's get after this. Let's increase our communication. But, oh, we can't sit around and shoot the breeze for an hour and have everybody feel like we got something done. We have to actually get something done when we meet. Oh, let's make a list. All right, so, so the list didn't do us any good. Let's let the list be next steps because we're getting our butt handed to us here. And so now this is the opportunity to get on this wave, this tsunami that's going. Tsunami's a wave, man. The tsunami's going. You can't sit back. And if you're not in a renegotiation, give it 10 minutes. Many entrepreneurial business leaders are overwhelmed, burnt out, and frustrated. They know they need to delegate to an assistant, but they don't think they can afford one, and they don't want the responsibility of managing one. At Delegate Solutions, we provide leaders with a different approach to admin support without the hassles of committing to an employee. We support clients remotely in as little as one to two hours per day, all the way through to full time. We provide delegation coaching to help you figure out what and how to delegate strategically. Our team of thinkers and doers join forces to get things done, so you're free to focus on what you do best. Learn more about how we can help by visiting www.delegatesolutions.com. Chris, that episode was so good. I had pages of notes as we finished that. And I'm on my second time reading through his book right now because I feel like there's so much in there for me to learn and grow. So I encourage everybody to pick that up. It's called Never Split the Difference. Uh, we talked to Chris back in July. If you want the full interview, if you want to hear more about him, you can go to blackswanltd.com. Our next highlight comes from one of our own, the fearless leader in the EOS community, Kelly Knights, the integrator for EOS Worldwide. And she is a dedicated advocate of all things EOS. We recorded this with her in October, and she shared some insights about hiring the right integrator for the right season of growth in your business. Listen in. Yeah, and I would just say, Benj, it's always that right person, right seat. So the right integrator is going to make that visionary shine and create the best relationships amongst the team, not diminish it, actually enhance it um, by allowing them to do their unique ability as the visionary but never to discount their thoughts or ideas to actually keep the team more connected than ever before. So it's just finding the right person you feel like is gonna give you that chemistry. But um, if you haven't seen it before, it's hard to imagine it exists. So you have to be courageous and bold and just try, just, just go out there and do your best. And if you've got you know, Mike and Tony or someone like them that can help you on that journey, it's so reassuring because you got a partner along the way, you're not trying to figure it out on your own. And that's the advantage to Keystone is that they have all of these systems and processes and the continuum and the onboarding that are comforting, I think, to almost anybody who, for whom this might be new. You know, when you think of the, the integrator position in the accountability chart, right, it's the, the filter between the visionary and the company and the company and the visionary, right? You're kind of the unsung hero in the organization and you tend to say no a lot, <laughs> right? <laughs> Which, which somebody's got to be able to, to, to do that. What I'm curious about, and, and Tony, maybe you can tell me what you're doing, and, and Kelly, you as well. We have the same page meeting, 
and it's between the V and the I. I'm curious, as integrators, do you also use that tool or a similar similar cadence with your direct reports? Do you do yes, a, I do. You do, you do talk to me about that. Yep, nope, that's an important piece. And, and it's, um, and, uh, yeah, so just like Mike and I want to stay on the same page in that VI, you know, relationship, um, you know, I want to stay connected to my direct reports as well. Um, yeah. And, and it, it's, you know, and it, so just the value that you bring, you know, um, in that VI, same page, it goes down into your leadership team. So checking in, checking in personally, understanding how they're doing, where are they at, you know, what are their needs, you know, what can I do for them, what's working, what's not working, going through all those things, building the issues list, working through it with them, making them a better manager. I still have, a, a, a you know, an accountability to, to lead and develop them, to mentor and coach them, right? So that's where a lot of that comes into play from my perspective. Hmm. How about you, Kelly? Are you doing similar things? I do. I do. Tony said it really well, but I do. And in all five, we have five functional leaders under the integrator seat. And I have a different meeting pulse. Okay. It doesn't mirror one another. And I think that's the, the thing to keep in mind is you need to look at each one of those relationships and see what they need. And then always pressure test it by saying, how are we doing? Are we meeting often enough? Is it too much? Is, are, we, are we getting done what we need to? Are we maximizing the time that we have together? But keeping those circles connected, I always say people first. Everything else is just an issue, and that's a Gino thing. But yeah. it really, really is true. You have to figure out what is the unique individualistic relationship you have with each of them, and what do they need, and what do you need as you work with them. So I found it to be, uh, it greases the rails. It makes everything move faster and yeah. Yeah, Benji, you know, it's always great to get insights from Kelly, and we're really looking forward to having her back in 2021 to share some more. Next up, we have our conversation with Trey Shenneman. Trey is an executive marketing director at Ramsey Plus, and if you don't know who that is, that's Dave Ramsey's organization. Trey brought us a powerful message about the responsibility of a leader on any team to go first when it comes to growth. Let's listen in. The only thing that should be a given is growth. If you want to win in life like that, you can never remain where you were when you got there. Resumes get you in the door. Results keep you keep you wherever you are. And so here, uh, growth is the standard. Like it, it's not the exception. And so I have to, and it's good for me. It's been good. It's because, you know, it's, it's actually translated into other areas of my life. You know, Benj, I know you know, but, um, you know, I've lost 50 pounds in the last eight or nine months, you know, in the midst of quarantine and, and being home and, and all these things, like there's just a different level of discipline. I'm starting to experience my life that as I've gotten more disciplined in business and less shoot from the hit while West Trey, a little more predictability in my life, it's starting to kind of cascade down into other areas and it's good. It's good for you. How do you coach your team around that idea that, that growth is, a, is the mandate? We do weekly one-on-ones and then I do a so one-on-one model here. So I've got four directors that report to me and then they have teams. Technically two, two of them are directors. They're senior marketers because their business units haven't matured enough yet to have a director level position, but they function as a director would function. So I've got four of them and then they each have teams of varying size. So, you know, we do weekly one-on-one models. So they get 30 minutes with me every week. Um, and I always tell them the first 10 are mine, the second 20 are yours. And one of the primary 
things I always bring up is like, where are our growth areas that we are working on with your scorecards right now? And how are we doing? It's something very visible, something we readily talk about. And then the expectation is they're doing the same with their teams. And so once a month or sometimes it's quarterly, I'll do skip level meetings where then I go and meet one-on-one with the, the people that report to them and just try and validate down. And the, the biggest thing that I've implemented since I've been here is a T-shaped marketer chart um, so that essentially all in, the, in its branches are, are the skills that are sort of just status quo, standard to the job. Everyone's expected to have them. And then the, the stem of the T is the core marketing skills within our business unit that you should be continuing to deepen your understanding in over time. And we use that diagram often uh, with people to kind of say, how are you developing? Where are you on this five point scale in each one of these areas? How are we giving you extra support and training around these areas? So, you know, this is one of those things where people should be, have a lot of clarity about both where they are and where they need to go at all times. Trey, as, as you know, me, you know, EOS, you know, our audience, entrepreneurs out there trying to do the same type of things you're doing. Leave us with just what's on your heart. Biggest piece of wisdom, advice. What do you have for track? Yeah, the, uh, the only way you lose in business is if you quit. And uh, if you're, if you are um, just obtuse enough to not learn when you make a mistake, it's really the only way you ever lose. So don't stop. Uh, it's okay to adjust, adjusting, uh, it's just a part of course correction. It's not a part of, you know, in game. Um, when you're going to new places, nowhere people have ever gone before, it normally takes a lot of adjustment. And so the, the last thing I would say is like the biggest thing to me that makes the, it makes traction EOS really work is right. People, right seats. Like, don't be scared to make the call on yourself even about, Hey guys, gals, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not in the right seat. Like my, the things that I'm a 10 out of a 10 on, I don't get to do a lot where I'm at right now in the business. The things I'm a three out of 10 on, I'm doing a lot. This isn't good for us. Like being able to self-assess, have a high level of self-awareness and the vulnerability to be able to speak out is a massive thing at the executive level that we do not do enough of. We want to grow. It's on us first. And so that's what I would say. That whole episode was just so strong, Chris. If you want to listen in, it is start to finish. Trey's energies is awesome. And then he's just dropping bombs, insights, nuggets the whole way through. That's just a few weeks back in December. Uh, Our next clip comes from another marketing guru. We were actually talking to the duo of Nicole Minicky and Tyler Dolph, uh, president and integrator uh, for Rocket Clicks. And they talked to us in September and gave us insight on how to avoid common mistakes that we as business owners make when we're building marketing strategies. So this is one really practical and really relevant, especially if marketing is stuck on your issues list. So one of the things, as we've like really deepened uh, our relationships in the US community, we have seen consistently digital marketing is on everybody's issues list, you know, whether they're doing it and they're not getting everything they need out of it, or they haven't really started and they know they need to. And what we realized is EOS wasn't built, was built to provide clarity within an organization, not develop specific strategies. It wasn't built to get in the weeds, but somebody needs to, and making sure that you're partnering with that expertise, um, that we can make sure that alignment to go really deep across the company. 
um, and which I think is really powerful. And so one of the things Tyler and I did in preparation for this is what, what are ways that we can help the traction of the listener right now and ensure that they don't make the mistakes that we've seen happen a lot over the last 12 years. So we have three biggest mistakes we've seen with people as they've explored their digital marketing and how, and how they can avoid them. All right, so one of the first things that we hear a lot um, is going with the cheapest solution. Um, it's, and it's twofold, either the cheapest solution or the biggest agency. Uh, well, I need to go with someone who has a lot of clients um, or I need to go with somebody who has a few. More often than not, when you're working with a really huge agency or the cheapest agency, you lose all leverage to demand the right communication, the right reporting, the right meeting pulse. Very often when it's the cheapest solution, it's very cookie cutter and they're reusing that same exact strategy over and over, or really you're just a number to them. And so that's one of the things we always say is we want to stay small. We not boutique. We want to stay really customized and tailored because we know that's how we see big results with our clients. Wow, Benj, that was a great episode with Nicole and Tyler from Rocket Clicks. Those guys are super dynamic, and they're a dynamic duo with the visionary integrated relationship that they have. And they really gave us a lot of great advice, and they actually uncovered two more mistakes that you could make in your marketing. And to learn what those are, you got to go check out the full episode at TractionVille.com. Okay, TractionVille, we saved this last clip as a treat to end the year on a high note. And maybe this next one will inspire you to write a New Year's resolution. Our conversation with Michael Olasso, oh man, this, this dude is so much fun. Um, and the cool thing is, you know, he challenged us to show up in a year of Zoom calls with greater presence and charisma. And this dude is all about presence and charisma. Uh, charisma and uh, we know you're going to enjoy this one. We sure did. Try to do my best, you know I always will. My feet are firmly on the ground because I'm in Tractionville. Hey, Ben and Chris, I hope your folks can inspire us how we can get through this darn coronavirus. I, I have a burning question, so this may be a right-hand turn, but... Uh, Michael, when you decide that you're going to come dance down the aisle for a keynote or break into song, when you jump into a Tractionville podcast, is that a risk for you every time that you decide to take, or do you just like, are you so far in the, I don't give a shit camp that you just go with it? Like, what is it like? Cause there's a piece of you that's just so inspiring. You seem like you're just free to not care what the world may think. Where does that come from? Benjamin, did you ever see the musical Into the Woods by Stephen Sondheim? No. It's about the fairy tale characters. In Act One, all the fairy, you meet all the fairy tale characters. And Little Red Riding Hood sings a song about going to grandmother's house where she, when she meets the wolf. And she has this lyric where she says, I was excited and scared. Very early on in my life, I figured out that if I wasn't scared about something, that it wasn't worth doing. Yes. Why bother do it? Doing it, you know, I live for that energy. So 99% of what I do, Benjamin's intentional. I think about it, what's the impact? And there is that 1% where I'm not. And 
I intentionally decide how can I be a distinct voice in God's universe? What is my song that's going to be different from me? And what's going to make my heart go boom, And Benjamin, I know what it's not. It's not for me to say, thank you, Chris, for that nice introduction. It's certainly a pleasure to be here today. <laughs> I throw up when I say that. I mean, I, I start to have gags here, gag reflex. And when other people do it, I doze off. And then when other people do that on virtual, I'm gone. My yeah. iPhone's in my hand. I'm looking out the window. I'm playing with my dog. Because you can't tell what I'm doing from the, the chest down. Yeah. Get my point, Benjamin? So Absolutely. I hope I understood your, your question, which I don't think was a right angle at all. I think it's right on the money, brother. Chris, thanks for an awesome year co-hosting this with you. It's, it's so fun to get to riff with you and all the cool people that we've gotten to meet and talk to and hang with over the course of the year. Tractionville, you guys have been so encouraging to us, giving us feedback to keep going, keep doing this thing. Be safe. We'll see you in 2021 for a brand new Tractionville Tuesday. <laughs>